Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Laura Vestal, VP of Marketing at Invisibly, a company that enables people to take control and make money from their personal data. Laura, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited to be here. So what you guys do is kind of a new concept. It, it took me a while when we when we first talked to totally understand it. So explain what Invisibly is and how it works. Sure thing. So Invisibly, we were founded by Jim McKelvey, the co-founder of Square, and we're backed by Peter Thiel's Founders Fund. And we're really on a mission to empower people with their data. We just launched our beta platform in June, and we really are focusing on this feed-forward platform that allows people to not only earn, but discover and hyper-personalize their online experience. So you can go to invisibly.com, create an account, and you'll see all kinds of content that's just like very specific to what you're into because of a recommendation engine. And then you'll have ways to earn from your data. Okay. That is a, a fascinating concept, and it'll be really cool to see how this plays out like as, as you guys develop. Now, I know that you're, you guys are pretty new, right? You launched just this past June, right? So, so, right, so yeah. really new. So you're still in the early stages of identifying exactly who your audience is from a marketing perspective. So how, what's your strategy? How are you going about figuring out who you need to be talking to? Well, we're moving very quickly, and it is true that Invisibly is in the very early stages of identifying our audience. But one of Invisibly's unique differentiators is really that we are truly people first by design. So we take great care to identify and listen to our audience, and especially our early adopters right now. So we're kind of taking an interest, interesting approach to our audience. We're diving in with some really in-depth user interviews but we're pairing it with a growth marketing strategy. So really deploying these rapid experimentations to really find and determine just who our audience is across all kinds of channels. And we're learning that our audience really wants a change when it comes to big tech being the ones that benefit from the use of people's personal data. And I think people are getting really passionate about this. We're seeing this all over social with things like the social dilemma coming out. People are becoming aware of what's going on and they think it's time that they get a cut of the money. And so this sentiment, I think, has been an interesting learning for us because it really isn't just one small specific audience segment, but it's this really robust and diverse audience set. So our early audience is really resonating with Invisibly's mission of empowering people with their data. Okay. And so what are you learning so far about who the audience actually is? Who are these people that make up the audience? Yeah, well, it's interesting because I think we have many sort of different audience segments. We have people all over the U.S. We have certain cities that are really resonating, some metropolitan areas, and we have people that have a really diverse set of interests. One audience is really into cryptocurrencies and another audience has an affinity for pets and things related to homes. So I think we're finding that it's really this diverse and robust group of people who are resonating with the message. And I think that is really part of sort of the times right now and what's happening in the market. Okay. I mean, we're, we're talking pretty much 
billions of people use, you know, Google, Facebook, right? The very services that make money off of the data of, of their users. So it would seem like ostensibly any of those people could be your market, right? Could be your audience. Is there yes. is there a case like a, a segment that you're like, ah, actually, this group of people probably wouldn't be interested? Like, how, how are you guys starting to define like the limits, like the scope of who that audience is? Sure. We are trying to remain open. So I think by not defining that early on, that's really important. And we have not hit a roadblock yet. We have not come up against an audience who's not resonating. I think some audiences are probably resonating in a stronger way, but I would say we haven't, we haven't hit a roadblock where we are like, oh no, they just, they don't want to hear about us. Okay. Which I guess kind of makes sense. Like who wouldn't want to make some money off of your data if you, if you can? I know. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> so, so, I mean, so I'll play devil's advocate for just a second. Yes. Let's say you're talking to someone and they're like, well, you know, yeah, I get it. Like Google makes, that's their business. They make money off my data, but I, I use their products every day. Like I, and I don't pay for it, you know? So I feel like I get a lot of value and that's fine. You know, they make a lot of money and they employ a lot of people. So what's the problem? You know, why, why, do I need, why do I need your service? Why do I need to make money from the data? It seems like a fair trade to me. So like, what's, what's your guys' response? Yeah, I totally get it. I use Google. I use Facebook. I keep in touch with people on Facebook. So I think our response is really, we think that data should work on people's behalf. So not only should you earn from your data because it produces tremendous value for brands, but there's this advocational AI aspect that AI right now with some other, with big tech, basically it works on the advertisers. We have to serve like the most relevant ads and to kind of send you down this rabbit hole of information. But with Invisibly, we're really promoting something called advocational AI. We want AI to really work on behalf of the person, the user of Invisibly. So it should serve you things that you only want to see, whether it's content that kind of keeps you in a happy state of mind or something that you just really don't want to hear about. You can eliminate that as the product grows. So we are leaning in and launching this really robust feed. We're really early right now, but we have something called a profile tuner. And coming soon, you'll be able to really tune your own algorithms so that it's works on behalf of you. And it really is giving mm. people the control. Whereas I think with Google and Facebook and Twitter, people really don't have control. Yeah, right. Okay. That's a valid point. I mean, you know, there, I think the Wall Street Journal just came out with a whole series of articles specifically about Facebook. They somehow got a hold of some internal data there that showing, I, I think, not really to anyone's surprise that Facebook has tremendous power to kind of manipulate how people think and, and behave, and not necessarily in a, nerf, in a nefarious way, although you could look at it that way, but that that is the, the case, that, that yes. they, they have tremendous power, Google, same thing, I'm sure, and I think people are starting to, to kind of grok, like, okay, what if we had more control? You know, no one wants to be manipulated. Shouldn't we... Given that these companies can't really make any money if we're not if, without our data, shouldn't we have more say in exactly what what's going on? And, and it seems like that's part of your guys' value proposition. Absolutely, and I think what's interesting is our head of product is actually a neuroscientist, mm. so he goes really deep into this sort of aspect. 
and completely agrees that I think there is this kind of manipulation aspect, whether may not have started that way at those firms, but some of the articles coming out, just the one I think on how it influenced Facebook had some information that it negatively influenced young girls when right. it comes to sort of their perception of themselves. And I think that is completely top of mind every day. Like everything being designed invisibly is really people first by design. And we're just taking a different approach. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of, a lot of your job in, in, as a marketer is to, is to do a lot of education, right? Because data is, I mean, I can speak for myself. Like I know what that word means, but it's very complex and it's, it can get really technical in terms of exactly how the data is used and the value of data and so on. And, and frankly, even just what it actually means, like for an entity like Facebook or Google. And so and, and on your guys' website, you have a lot of content there that's kind of on it, like data 101 kind of stuff, you know. So talk a little bit ab about that. I mean, there's sort of an endless amount of education you could do for consumers. When you started that initiative what was kind of your governing principle in terms of, okay, we have this massive group of people, we need to help them better understand how data works, what it is, what's in it for them. What What is kind of governing how you go about that, what you write about, the content that you actually publish? Absolutely. Well, having Jim McKelvey as our founder and investors like the Founders Fund really uniquely positions Invisibly to create an entirely new category called data empowerment. So the governing strategy behind that is to establish authority and thought leadership, and we're leaning into educational content as a starting point. We feel very strongly that the current data economy is broken and monopolizes people for sort of all of the reasons that we sort of touched on already. But people are just starting to become aware and learn about the power of their data, especially if it's harnessed on their behalf. So we really want to change the current data economic model and put people first. And we feel strongly that people should be informed and really understand that the potential of their data is just tremendous. So our strategy is really to establish authority and thought leadership and sort of the most logical first step was through educational content. Okay. And so not all educational content is equal, of course, right? I could Absolutely. Google, yes. you know, data or, or help me understand data and come up with, you know, probably millions of different types of content articles. So what is it about the stuff that you guys are publishing that you're saying, well, this is uniquely useful. You know, th this is the, the resource where this is the place you want to go to really learn about it given that there's so much other stuff out there, how do you, like, what is, how are you, at, in a given piece, I guess I'm getting at, like, in a given article, what are you doing there that's of a higher quality or value than the stuff you might find on some random website? Sure. We're listening to our audience base. So I think these one-on-one -on -one user interviews have been incredibly informative. People mm. want to understand the basics, but they also want to understand the potential. So I think we have some starting point educational content that you could dive into, whether it's just like kind of 101 of data, but also things like advocational AI and just we're going to release a piece soon about the social dilemma and kind of how your data 
influences something like that. So I think it's something we're really passionate about and we'll continue to produce a lot of content. And I think we're really just, we've barely scratched the surface with mm-hmm. our content and the educational aspects. So it's something we're very excited to lean into. Okay. And so if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying part of what makes your content rich is that you're basing it off of interviews with your audience, with users. And so it's, so you're in that way, it's helping you align the content with what people actually care about. And so is in, say a little bit more about that. How does speaking with the, the, the people that you, that, that are consuming the content or that you hope consume the content, how does that help you create better content? We listen. And I think by understanding sort of where people are when it comes to educating themselves about data, I think the surprising thing to us was that people are really well informed. There are so many social movements, and I think it's just a really hot news topic these days that I think we have sort of taken a leap from just the basics and are diving in to some deeper stuff because passion. And I think it's really incredible to see that this is just almost becoming a bit of a movement for people. Mm. Okay, really cool. All right, so final thoughts. What's something you've learned in your career over the past few years about engaging an audience that you can share with our listeners? Sure. Well, I think we all know that marketing is rooted in metrics. And I think lately and over the past few years, I've really learned that um, it's so important to partner with your product team and ensure that all marketing decisions are not only rooted in strategy, but that they're also influenced by product analytics. And those metrics really should be your North Star and the source of truth when it comes to making informed marketing decisions that actually move the needle. And I think one other aspect that kind of I keep learning is that don't waste time on a grand marketing plan. You don't need it to be perfectly polished. It's all Mm -hmm. about rapid experimentations across multiple channels and test, iterate, optimize as quickly as possible and then do it again. Yeah, we're not writing Shakespeare over here. That's exactly, yes. (laughs) That's the agile methodology, right? Get stuff Mm -hmm. out, test it, improve it, repeat. It's never going to be perfect. Just keep keep it up. Exactly, especially at a fast-moving startup like Invisibly. Yeah, totally, totally on board with that. Well, Laura, thank you so much. This is what you guys do is really interesting. I'm definitely uh, eager to follow it as, as everything develops. So thank you so much for sharing those insights. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.